So you have to tell yourself, I will make this change. I will make this adjustment. I will grow in this direction. I might not know how, I might not know where the tools are yet. I might not know the resources that I will need, but I'm doing what I call committing to it or commit, which means C-O-M-M-I-T is count on me making it there. It's, it's a, a promise to yourself that you will not be stopped. Today we have a very special guest in our podcast. He is a father, a husband, an entrepreneur, a speaker, and the writer we have with us, the one whose words make you change the way you perceive life in a very smooth way. The one who made you, made us see through his words their importance and their impact in changing someone's life. Today, we have with us the one and only Bruce Felva. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. It's such an honor to speak with you. I look forward to our time together. Inshallah. Yes, me too. So, uh, Bruce Pova, I want uh, you to tell us the story behind your book. What is the story behind this amazing book, Above the Chatter, Our Words Matter? Wow. Well, I will go back to the beginning. Yes, of um, course. So, way back to the beginning. So, when, I, when my mother was pregnant and ready to give birth to me, she mm -hmm. had a medical emergency. Um, yeah. what it's called in the medical terms, a, a, um, a aortic dissection. So a dissecting aortic aneurysm in her heart, which means that as the blood was leaving her heart through the arteries, she had a tear in the inner wall of the artery between the inner wall and the outer wall of the artery that, that transports the blood away from the heart out to the organs. And no one had ever survived that trauma during labor longer than 72 hours. So she plunged into a fight, a battle with physicians who were experimenting back in those days, many years ago, with the heart and surgery and surgical procedures around the aorta and around that part of the heart. They yeah. did four surgeries. One of them was the delivery of me and three were experimental around removing a blood clot, around a tear in the valve, and then congestive heart failure. So they had to go in and actually open her heart. Uh, she survived. Mm -hmm. She lived 60 days before she saw me for the first time. And when she came home, she recuperated and lived a full life until I was 22 years old. Now, I say that because, and how grateful she was every day to wake up in the morning and, and have a life and be alive and be saved by these surgeons. And our faith is a very big part of that in our family. And my father was really a man who loved words. He was quiet, but he also um, was the silent patient because my mother was being cared for by the surgeons and the doctors but my father had to take care of me and a brother who was two years older than I. But he also loved plays and he loved poems and he loved to write. 
So I, I tell you that as very beginning of the story because I was brought up in a family where gratitude was the center of our life and being positive and being expectant for, you know, you do, you work hard and, and you will do well. And, you know, our faith was a big part of that. Well, that's the first part of the story. The second part of the story was about 25 years after I was in a career here in the United States for, for my entire career, my, my position was eliminated with the company that I worked for and my, my job went away. And that was devastating to me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what my future would be. But the morning after that, that loss of my job, immediately I woke up one morning and my mother's gratitude and she had passed away and my father's love of words and he had passed away came together. And I wrote the first word that you see right here in the book. I wrote it vertically, strong. And that became immediately stand tall, remain optimistic. Now go for it. So within that one word, I was able to define a meaning for me that helped me move forward and get back on my feet and start thinking more positively and thinking more grateful. And I was so grateful that my parents gave me that upbringing. So the book is a result of that process, which happened for 420 consecutive mornings, waking up, expecting a new word to come to me. And the book contains all 420 of those. I'll stop in a second. And after I say this, what I learned in that process is how important our words are that we speak out loud to ourselves, to others, but also the words that we don't speak and we hear ourselves or we speak to ourselves that can often be negative. So that's how the book came about by journaling. And then I believed and, and just understood how important our words are. And I had to release that to the world. That's amazing. That's a really inspiring story. And so I just want you to tell us your experience with TED Talk. Okay. So uh, it was uh, in, my, in my career and in my work and in my job, I have had an entire career of speaking in front of people, whether it is a, a presentation of, of some computer technology or, or some business type of conversation or presentation. It was something that I, I developed early on in my career. Well, something that's very, very different in a TED Talk is you, you, you are not speaking about a product or a sale or something you want someone to buy or, or someone that you want to convince somebody of your belief. You have to back away from that and actually share an idea. You offer it without judgment of one way's better, one way's worse. You know, this is, this is a, a pathway to greatness. You have to share it as an idea. And when I had the opportunity to audition for a TED Talk, I, j I just knew that I wanted to share an idea that our mindset, a positive mindset, can be driven by the words we use in speaking to ourselves and speaking to others. So there was a lot of preparation uh, there was a lot of waiting because there were uh, probably between 500 and 1,000 
others auditioning for 17 talks. And this was done in Dallas, Texas. And mm -hmm. when I got the, uh, the nod or the yes that I was selected to be on that stage with 16 other speakers, that's where the hardest work I've ever done in my life came to be because I knew it was 15 minutes to share an idea that I really yeah. wanted to impact the world. And so there was nerves, there was anxiety, a lot of preparation went into it. And um, I'm glad that you got to see that. And uh, that's, that's how it went. And there were 16 phenomenal talks that same day. And I was just honored to be, you know, one of the 17 on stage. Yeah, and that was that was really unique and that was really special. I really invite you, everyone who is listening to us now, I really invite you to go and check the TED Talk because really it was so inspiring. You uh, talked, sir, about the mindset, the positive mindset. How can a person develop this positive mindset? Yeah, so that's such a great question. And I want to make sure that as we're talking and, and your community Here's this, that I do not believe it is something that, you know, you flip a switch or you, you wave a wand and automatically you have that. I, yes. deal, I deal and I build every day on, okay, I choose. I, I, I decide today what my mindset will be. And I say that I am a, um, I am a character in my own laboratory because I am a student of it. I, I do not have this automatically. It is something that I have to work on. So there's three things that, that I think can come and be very important in any change that we want to make in our life. And I truly believe it applies to mindset as well. So I'll, I'll share those with you for a moment. The, the first is the letter, it starts with the letter C. It's the word commit. So you have to tell yourself, I will make this change. I will make this adjustment. I will grow in this direction. I might not know how. I might not know where the tools are yet. I might not know the resources that I will need, but I'm doing what I call committing to it or commit, which means C-O-M-M-I-T is count on me making it there. It's it's a, a promise to yourself that you will not be stopped. Okay. But that's just one part. The second part of the commitment is committing to the commitment. So what I mean by that is it's easy to, at oftentimes to say we're going to do something. I'm going to work on fitness. I'm going to work on relationships. I'm going to work on my communication skills. And a lot of things can get in the way of us achieving that commitment unless we commit to it. And, and that means making and keeping little promises to ourselves. Here's an example. Let's say that we want to work a bit on our fitness and our health. I talk about this a lot. One way <laughs> to do that is to walk maybe to run, maybe to go to the gym, but, but maybe it's just to walk or ride a bicycle or do something physical, right? Let's say it's walking. Yeah. One way to commit to the commitment is the evening before you go out for that walk in the morning, you lay the shoes out that you're going to wear for that walk right by your bed. 
because okay. you have to walk by them and not put them on to make mm -hmm. a conscious decision not to do it. So yeah. does that make sense? Number one is committing to the commitment. It might be an instrument. You may want to play and learn guitar or learn uh, saxophone or other instrument. Put it in front of you. That will make you help you commit to that commitment. A little example. Yeah. The, the second step that I find helps in making that change with mindset or anything is being incremental or what I call incrementalism. That's mm -hmm. my favorite, one of my favorite words because in the middle of it is the word mental, incrementalism. What I mean by that is little steps, like increments mean just little turns of the dial or little improvements or little gains. And I truly believe we need to celebrate those. Personally, I would get frustrated before I started thinking about mindset if I couldn't be an expert at something right when I started. And that would cause me lack of patience, right? That would cause me to get frustrated. But yeah. if I, along each step, celebrate a win, it might be putting a check mark on your calendar that said, I walked today. And then at the end of two weeks, you have 14 check marks. And you're like, I'm getting there. I'm committed. I'm committed to the commitment and I celebrate increments, okay? The third step is accountability. So who besides yourself can you align with? Can you find an accountability friend, accountability partner? And that could be a person. Say, we're going to meet at the park at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we're going to walk around the lake one time. And don't be late, <laughs> right? You're accountable to each other. But you might not be in a situation today where you have a person that you can have as that accountability partner. But many of us have one of these, right? We have a phone. Of course, of course, yes. So what if we set an alarm, a timer for 9 a.m. and let's say from 9 to 9.15 in the morning, we are committed to breathing. Maybe that's mm -hmm. our, we wanna relax, we wanna get into a calm state for the day. Set an alarm, an appointment with yourself that says, I now am taking those 15 minutes or I am now taking that time for that walk. So committing, committing to the commitment, celebrating incremental steps where you're moving in that direction, and then establish a, a way that you can hold yourself accountable, either with a friend, a partner, or with, with something that will uh, keep you on target. Okay, yes, I see, and I really agree with you on this point. This is the points that make us build a habit. That's, this is the points that make us build a habit, and most importantly, to stick to it. Because yes. I believe that the mindset is our uh, key, is our just key to continue in this life, to continue fighting in this life. Because if we don't have that right mindset, how can we wake up every day and tackle the day? This is so important. This is the most important point key to us. And uh, I guess the mindset is what will guide us to success. And to this point, I want to ask you, what is your definition to success? My definition of success. Yes. Uh, success to me mm -hmm. is a journey. 
Mm-hmm. It is it is a habit that you create. It is a lifestyle that ultimately is part of everything you do. Now, does success mean achieving every goal to the highest level? No, not to me. Success means pursuing, improving yourself. Because along that journey, there will be setbacks. There will be stumbling blocks that I like to say, let's turn those into stepping stones. There will be disappointments. Now, why do I say that that could still be success? If you learn from a setback and a disappointment, I would argue that that is a success. If you do not learn from it and you repeat the same step or they get the same step back, setback, excuse me, then maybe we're not learning. But if we do, if we have a challenge in a relationship and, oh my gosh, it's not working the way that I would like it, or I'm not making the progress in my education or in my, my professional position or in relationships, that's okay as long as we step back and say, what can we do to improve it incrementally, right? We're committed to success. We incrementally go after it, and then we hold ourselves accountable. accountable. So I use the word journey because I, I believe along that way, along our process of achieving success, which would be to me a journey, there are a couple of key things just in that word alone. If you look at the word journey, the first two letters and the last letter spell the word what? What does that spell? J-O-Y. Joy. Correct. Yeah. There should be joy in our journey. The letters that remain, U, R, N is naturally, E is enough. So I, I believe, it was we talked about gifts, that in our journey, we already have greatness inside of us. Okay? So we are, we are my, my experience has been, we are engineered to be successful how we define that is through to me the journey it's not a made it or didn't it's not a pass or fail it's a process of life so have i failed at things in life yes i feel like you know i lost a job and it wasn't the first one that i lost and it was probably won't be the last one if i focus just on that situation and say that defines me well, yeah, I could say that I was not successful. Mm-hmm. But what did it do for me? And what can it do for folks that are listening that might say, you know, I've had a real setback or I have not succeeded at something that was a goal. Did it bump you in another direction that did open up opportunities for you? I would never have written this book if I didn't have that, what I call BAM moment, B-A-M, which is when my world changed and my job was eliminated. I wouldn't, my mother wouldn't have had her bam moment or wouldn't have had her direction in life the same way if she didn't experience what happened when she gave birth to me. So that's a long winded, probably more information than you wanted to discuss on success, but I really see it as viewing it as a journey. 
And on the opposite side, what is your definition to failure? You said that success is a journey. And what, how can you define failure? Is it on your uh, dictionary, even? So to me, failure has a subjective definition and an objective definition. So the objective is, you know, if you look at it without any, if you look at it in a, in a vacuum, failure would be you didn't attain a desired result. You failed. It didn't, you didn't get there. You, you were studying for an A in the class. You did the work. Uh, you didn't do as well on the test. The projects weren't as good as, as you had hoped from the outcome. And the result, the objective result was you got a 75 out of 100 in your grade and you wanted an A. So you could consider that a failure because you missed the target. Looking at it subjectively, though, you only fail if you don't learn. If you don't learn from the experience, then you could, let me, let me say that another way. You either succeed or you learn. And if you don't learn in something that you didn't succeed at, maybe we could put that in a bucket that says it's failure. However, can you learn from the fact that you didn't learn something? Meaning next time I'm going to step back and I'm going to think about it and I'm going to do some research and I'm going to do some soul searching and I am going to learn from a, from a setback. So I think failure is part of mindset. Yeah, I really agree with you. And uh, on the point of failure also, do you have a word in your dictionary that called regrets? Regrets. Do you regret something in life? Do you have regrets? that's a that's a phenomenal question and in the book i don't know but let's define it right now let's write it vertically let's do it okay so r-e-g-r-e-t right yeah regrets hmm so my first r refuse to learn if I refuse to learn, that could be a part of a regret. That's R. E. Escape responsibility. Because I think if I'm in a situation and I escape or eliminate or I don't take responsibility, then I will regret that later. Because with responsibility, I can then learn. Sure. Okay. Let's look at G, and I'm writing this as we go. This is not in the book. We're doing it right now, real time, live, okay? The G. Okay, for me, I have the good in a situation is unrealized. So that, that's a tough one, right? So let's think of what we've gone through over the last, you know, almost two years as a, as a universe, as a planet, as a community, dealing with lockdowns and, you know, just illness and everything with COVID. Um, there's got to be something out of that that is positive. So there, yes. okay, that's, that's a stretch, right? I mean, that's like, really, Bruce, you're now, you're getting, now you're getting, now you're, now you're losing me here, Bruce, right? So let me, and I get that, but let me think about this for a second. Out of that has come 
a lot of things. I mean, right, medically, medically a, a vaccine, like it or not, it's, it's there, okay? I'm just, we have found ways to connect with each other. You and I would not be having this conversation, I don't believe, if we okay. weren't connected through the technology we have today to use, it works so well. So new relationships, new friendships. Um, we have more in common as humanity than we think we do. And I think this situation has allowed us to align even our differences in culture, in beliefs, in everything. But it's allowed us to align and say, like, like you said, right? Mindset matters. The power of your words. Be a better you. We would, we would not have known each other and had this conversation likely. So the good, if, if we don't realize that, then why are we going through the situation where we have the opportunity to come together more closely? Okay, so that's the G. Got to get, now we're going to go to another R. Let's see. Well, if I had a regret, what would another, what would another R be? Um, okay, here we go. If I'm rooted in negativity, I think if I have a situation where I don't take advantage of learning something from it, and if I stay in the negative or I stay in the, I call it, woe is me. You know, woe is me is like, oh, no, not me again. I'm, I feel so sorry for myself, right? As opposed to saying, wow is me. Like, I'm going to be okay. I can get through this. I've been through a lot. I can persevere. I think if we stay rooted in negativity, that will give me regrets. We got another E. Um, eliminate opportunity. If I, if I eliminate an opportunity in a situation or I overlook it, or I'm so close-minded that there's only one way through this, through this door and I got to knock it down. But what if there's two windows right next to me? If I'm so rooted just on that one way, and I don't say, is there a different way? You know, yes. What can I do versus what I, what I can't do? Then I would have a regret. And then T, which kind of sums it up, and I just came right to me. If, it's, if I don't let a situation teach me something, then hindsight would be, wow. I, I, I could have I could have learned something during that situation. So refuse to learn, escape responsibility. If good is unrealized, if I stay rooted in negativity, if I eliminate opportunity, and if it doesn't teach me something, we just wrote the word regret together. <laughs> and uh, I want to highlight on regrets. If you didn't use the, your opportunity after uh, being fired, if we can say, and you looked at the, the situation as miserable and as you are a victim and you wouldn't be here. I believe that you wouldn't be here, but you choose to look to the situation as a positive one and to choose to uh, advance in your life. And I want you to highlight this point for our generation today, because whenever uh, we, are, we have a setback, People stop and say, ah, oh, this is the end. I can't do this. 
I can't do that anymore and how can I advance now? So I want you to highlight this point or to give an advice to our listener. Uh, how, what can you, what can we do if we face a setback? Yes. And or we face a bad moment as you call it. Bad moment. So first thing I, I would suggest this. Let's realize that we all will. We all will face a situation like that in life, even if we haven't, and we will, we will face more than one. So I think yes. our mindset doesn't need to be, oh, no, um, the, you know, the world is bad. Why am I even doing this? Why, why should I go on? I think that those are, those are rungs in the ladder that help us. However, I also want to say it's not easy, right? It's, it's not easy. But the easy things have already been done. I think we're wired to do hard things. That's how we make an impact. And aligning our passion, identifying our purpose, and then looking for the hard things in that is, is what gets us through and keeps us going. And that is a mindset. Now, did I say all those things that you just described? I'm a victim. Woe is me. Why did this happen to me? They, they must have made a mistake. I wasn't supposed to be in this list of folks to lose their job. All of those emotions are real. So I, I don't ever want it to sound like I've got this, you know, Superman cape with nothing impacts me. It does. And our, our, our nature is wired that way. For example, there are times it's really good to be fearful, right? To be afraid because often that protects us. But if it's something new and it's an opportunity and we feel that same fear, it's an emotion we applied to the situation. And in my TED, I talk about fear a couple of ways. We can look at fear and say, oh no, I fail every attempt regardless, which puts me in a mindset of victim. Or we can say fear fuels energy and resilience. It doesn't mean it's not a challenging situation. It doesn't mean it's not disappointing. It doesn't mean we don't, wouldn't want that to happen. But if we, if we get energized to keep moving because we have a bigger purpose. And to me, the bigger purpose is to serve. What can I do to bring value to those around me? My dad used to say, Bruce, the only time the word, the only time you should get before you give is when you're looking the words up in the dictionary because get comes alphabetically before the word give. And, and this is really hard. And, and I, it may sound like, yeah, Bruce, but I'm, you know, you don't know me, you know, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm getting nothing but kicked in the teeth every day. So I, I understand that, but we go back to the commitment, committing to the commitment, incrementally moving in the direction you want to go and then keeping yourself accountable um, is, is a really good way to, to start. It's a guide. And it's not easy, as you said. And if it's, it was easy, everyone could do it. There is a quote that said, if it was easy, everyone can do it. Right. And uh, we have to know that we will face hard times. And we have to get up and face those hard times because we can't 
stay in that situation forever. This is a lesson that we need to learn. So um, you talked about our different emotions. We talked about fear. We talked about success. We talked about uh, regrets. Now I want you to tell us about confidence. Yeah, so confidence. It's the, it's the ever elusive, um, sometimes over-served, sometimes underserved sort of state of being. Um, so confidence to me is believing in your capabilities where they are right now. So what does that mean? Um, wow, that's a great question. So to, to me, being confident is believing that you belong, like having like, I talked to my daughter about this when she was very young. She's now in her early 20s. And this was probably when she was 13, 12 or 13 years old. And one of the things she's incredibly passionate about is the American game soccer. You know, the international game football. Interesting. And, and she uh, was invited to play on a team for a tournament outside of our hometown to travel and to basically join the team up a level. So a higher skill level than she had been playing in her, on her team before. And we talked about it before she went, what, whether she was going to say yes or not, because it was her choice. And ultimately she said, daddy, yes, I, I want to go. I want to go to Chicago for the long weekend and play this tournament. It was a Thursday and a Friday. And I could tell that she was nervous. Of course, she was playing up a level. She was playing teams from all over the country. And she was being asked to join a team that, that she hadn't played with these girls prior. She did some practice with them before she went. And so here's how we approached it. I said to her, we're going to Chicago and we're gonna stay Sunday night, downtown Chicago, and we're gonna have dinner and we're gonna see the town on Monday. But there's three or four soccer games between the time we leave our home and the time we get to do that. Get a hotel room together in downtown Chicago, go out and have dinner, you know, go to, go to the park, you know, go see the bean, ride segways, just whatever we wanted to do. But I said, there's, you know, there's these soccer matches in between then, now and then, and you've been asked to go so they believe that you can contribute, right? So if you get the chance to be on the field, believe that you belong there. So confidence has a, a lot to do with, do you believe in yourself? Okay. You may not have all the skills. You may not have all the talent. You may not have all the strength. You may not have all the experience, but do you believe you deserve to be there? So I tried to encourage her to believe that. Then I said, if you get into the match, just improve the ball. Don't try to score seven goals. Don't try to out dribble all the defenders. Just use the skills you have 
and we called it improve the ball. And the third thing I said was be coachable. Be confident on the inside that you belong to be there. You deserve to be there. But when the coach says to you he wants you in a certain position or at halftime he says he wants you to do a certain uh, skill a certain different way or, or work with a defender a certain way, do it. So confident, meaning you deserve to be there. Improve the situation when you're called on. Bring your skill, rely on the skill you have, and then be coachable. I think where sometimes I get in a struggle with confidence is that I equate it to maybe needing to be perfect. And that's a slippery slope that I think a striving for perfection will always have a setback. Striving for excellence in what you can do in the moment is what I would advise. And I try to tell myself, just try to be your best right now. There will always be someone better. <laughs> There'll always be someone learning faster. There'll always be someone who seems to get it better. There'll always be someone who gets that opportunity that you wanted a step ahead of you. So confidence to me is being, believing that you deserve to be where you are, improving the situation when you're there and being open to learning more. That's amazing. Wow. That's amazing how you put it all together. And I think that if one of the points misses, so we will uh be faced with self-doubt if one of these points miss if uh we think that we are not coachable we know everything so i don't think that it's confidence it's ego yes and by saying ego what is what can you add about ego well what can you say about um ego? so i'll use another This is not my word for ego, but um, in the circles of my faith, when we speak of ego, we, we say that's edging God out. Our ego means we're, we're, we're beyond proud, and often we get in our own way. Sometimes that creates blind spots that we can't see because we think we have everything figured out. And that's about the time when something devastating, not physically, but something devastating can happen when you don't have, when you have so much ego involved that you lose your ability to learn, lose your ability to be coachable. And actually, when you believe you control everything. And I just think there's so many moving parts in life that one of the skills that my father, I remember him teaching me about, he said, Bruce, you can't always control the circumstances but you can always control how you respond. And so with ego, we might be trying to control everything and using all our energy to control limits the energy we have to be able to respond. Yes, yes. You, you phrase it in a very wonderful way, in a very smooth way as I talk to you every time. Um, You know, sir, in today's world, everything is going fast. Everything is going really fast, especially with the presence of social media. 
we know that maybe I can say that social media is a biggest external distraction in today's world. So how or what is your advice to today's generation about social media? Or what how what is your relation or what is your relation with social media? This is yeah. So wow, that's a that's a whole nother hour. So let's let's chat as much about this as we can and we'll take it where where it goes, where it needs to go. Um I try my relationship with social media yes. is as a way that I truly try to put positive energy, positive words, positive mindset, positive messages, confidence in others, they're believing in themselves out for folks to consume. I stay away as much as I can from uh, any banter back and forth. Um, there's always two sides to something. And for me to try to prove to you that my side is right through typing or a video or a clip or a meme, it, it gets away from what I truly believe as a guy that loves words, we need to have a conversation like you and I are having right now, voice to voice and in often as possible, person to person. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, there's a chapter in the book I'll talk about in a minute. I think there's a lot of comparison when we consume social media that can impact how we feel about ourselves, our mindset, our mental health, all of that. So there's the phrase in social media called fear of missing out, right? FOMO. FOMO, yeah. I changed that to GMO, G-I-M-O. Glad I'm missing out. In That's fact, there's so much there. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, it's just another... Yeah, it's fun to see success in others and all that's going great. But let's be real, guys. We've been spending the last hour talking about setbacks and struggles and disappointment and, and learning from them. Not like not wanting, you know, rocks to fall on us and not wanting devastation. But when it happens, say, hey, this is an opportunity to learn and to be stronger. So nobody's life is an Instagram life. Yes. Nobody's. So trying to achieve that is a is a big miss. It's a it's a big opportunity for setbacks. And one of the words that I wrote a chapter in the book called called unique. Mm -hmm. Thank God no one is like you. And the way I wrote the word unique is Y-O-U, which means you and me, N-I-Q-U-E. So I'm focusing it around the individual. And let me, let me read for you, if you don't mind, one of the words in, that I wrote, which was the word unique. I'll give you a little bit of, 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 of background around that, if that's okay. Do you mind me reading a little bit from the book here? Okay. Of course. Okay. Um, so the chapter unique is chapter nine. The concept of the popularity contest is hard to eliminate especially in the fast-paced, images-everything world of today. I mean, you talked about that. You talked about how fast and how much we consume, right? Please take pause and know that God created every person with unique gifts, talents, and purpose. Take a moment each day to celebrate your uniqueness, for these qualities make you the amazing gift that you are. Mm 
So that's the introduction of that chapter. The first word I wrote in the chapter is the word unique. U-N-I-Q-U-E. The U means understand that you rock. You are awesome, period. That's the starting point. You know, in, in some, some, I remember some of the graphics we did in mathematics, right? Where you had the x-axis and the y-axis, you know? Let's say that, let's study this one is, this is x-axis, I think. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. But you're already, you're already two notches up, just starting. The graph starts there. It doesn't start at zero, zero. You are awesome. Now you have responsibilities to do something with that. But questioning ourselves, I think if we can erase a little bit of that, and social media is, is good and bad at that, right? It can, it can expose greatness and it can make us think we're limited. Okay, so the first U is understand, you rock. The N is notice the nuances. They make you special. So I have gray hair. I have kind of greenish brown eyes. You know, I didn't grow up with blonde hair and blue eyes. I'm not six foot five and 280 pounds. I'm a lot less than that. Um, you know, but we think about the comparisons, but the nuances, that's what makes us so special. Right-handed people versus left-handed people. Folks who can sing versus those who are rhythmic. I, I'm rhythmic, I do not sing. But when I'm in a band, I contribute the rhythmic aspect. So again, and notice the nuances, they make you special. The I is internalize your uniquenesses as a gift, not a limitation. You have, now, okay, here's a guy that's gone through a lot of stuff, but also often questioned himself when I was a lot younger that I don't have that, right? And it, it's, or, you know, I, I've always loved words, but I oftentimes thought it was nerdy or it was something to be embarrassed about, or no one else got me. You, you don't get me, therefore I shouldn't get myself, therefore I should be easy to get, and because you don't get me means that's a limitation on me, not a limitation on you. That's the wrong way to look at it, but that takes years to think that through. But anyway, that's the, that's the I, internalize your uniqueness is a gift. The Q is quick, high five yourself, like give yourself a pat on the back that you are different. And embrace that. Not we talked about confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Not that way, but just yeah. in a way that you know you bring something to the table. Because we already said that. Understand, you rock. Okay. The you in unique. I took a little bit of spelling license here. I didn't use. I used said you are the letter U, the letter R. Amazing. Deal with it. Make that make that your biggest problem every day is that you know you're amazing. Just temper it and use it, right? Use it to bring value. And then the E in unique is embrace the difference. Like the fact that we're from yeah. two different parts of the universe. The, the fact that I like one kind of music and you like another. Maybe we can compose a song together that creates a music that no one has ever heard before. Not that mine's better than yours or I don't like yours, you don't like mine. And I'm just using music as an example. But yeah. embrace the difference. So that's... Uh, confidence being unique, and you asked about the social media aspect. Um, I'm glad I'm missing out on a lot of things. Um, but at the same time, know that you've got value. And if you put it in place in a way that you're serving others, 
What can I do to help that person? Because let's say we're lacking confidence because we talked about that. But you go through something where you learned or you, or you figured out a way to, to, to build your confidence. You then have a responsibility when you see someone that's lacking confidence in themselves to offer to help them out. Say, look, you know, I, I may have been in a situation similar to yours where I wasn't doing so great in such and such a class, or I wasn't learning as fast, or, or, you know, I was having a hard time with relationships, or I didn't like public speaking. And, you know, I did, I did these two things that really helped me. Maybe they can help you. Yes. This is learning from each other. We are learning from each other, and that's, this will make us better. This is what makes us better. Yani be a better you is all about bringing guests and sharing experiences. Our experiences, when we share our experiences, we learn from each other. We have the chance that we have each other. We are different from each other because we have different experiences. And I guess this is what makes a great symphony. As you talked about differences, this is what makes a great symphony. Our yeah. differences. So to end up the first part of our podcast, because we have a second part, uh, to end up our first part, I want you to give three advice to uh, our listeners. What are the three advice you can give to our listeners? Okay, three. Wow, I'm, you put me on the spot, but that's okay. Here we go. Three advice, <laughs> three pieces of advice. Anytime that you're in a situation where you're starting something new, and I truly believe we need to be a beginner at something all the time in our life, think of these three words and say them to yourself before you even start, before you even do research, before you even think about what it's going to take. Say the words, yes, I can. You expect success in challenging activities now. Wow. Why? So why would I say that? Because that puts you on the mindset track that says, I might not know how, <laughs> right? How am I going to dig out of this hole? How am I going to learn this that I've never been able to do before? How am I going to? But if you start with, yes, I can, the how will show up. The how will come to you in time with patience of what exactly you're going to need to put together to move in that direction. So number one, yes, I can. The best, the best defender of doubt. Okay. That would be number one. N number two, I would say, don't be afraid of hard work. We are, we're wired to do hard things. And when we do hard things, hard things become easier to do. So take that, I'm going to walk for 15 minutes a day that we talked about earlier. And let's say you've done that now for 30 days. Wow, that's whatever that is, 450 minutes of walking. When you started at zero, okay? And it was hard to begin with, but it became easier. So don't be fearful of hard things because as you start doing them, they then become less difficult. 
you start learning more. You start putting yourself out there with that yes, I can attitude. And the third thing I would say, gosh, there's a hundred, but the third thing I would say is bring someone along with you. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, bring others with you. And a sub point to that is you're going to have setbacks and think about life this way. Maybe life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you, which gets back to the learning versus failure. Take those experiences and say that happened for me for a reason. I may not know why yet, but at the end of the day, it's going to serve me. So that's what I'd say. I used yeah, four. Should have used three, but I used four. We learned a lot from you from you today. We really learned a lot with you today, and it's really a big pleasure for me. Now we move to the next part of the podcast, which I call it the five. In this part, I will ask you five questions, and you are supposed to answer me with one word or one sentence. I think it will be easier for you. <laughs> okay, you are... here we go. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> you are ready? So, what is life for you? Life for me is a journey of faith. That's amazing. What is happiness? Staying on that path on my journey. What is patience? Something I don't have a lot of. Patience is, is God telling me he's preparing me for his blessings. That's amazing. So if you can change one thing in this world, what would it be? I would, I would teach people, because I'm a student of this, to listen, to understand, not listen to respond. Can I just lose you on this point? Why? Because listening to understand promotes not agreement, but acceptance. And if, if, I, can, if I can understand your position, I'm more able to understand more about you more about where you come from, what your background is, why you think that way, not to judge it, but so that we can, we can understand each other better. And if I'm listening to respond, I'm just waiting to talk. I'm waiting to tell you something that I think is maybe a better way, a different way, or how to solve the problem, or I've got more experience. But if I listen to understand, It tells me so much about where you're coming from and how I can best serve you and help you in whatever situation that is. And this reminds me with, uh, there is a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. 
there is uh, some one point which is uh, seek first to be understand. No, seek to understand before to be understood. This yes. is the point. Yes. So this is the point. The last one is um, if we can do something every day to be better, what would it be? Never quit. Why? It's always too early to quit. Anyone can quit. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean you don't re-engineer or you don't redesign or you don't reinvent yourself or you don't uh, say, hey, this way didn't work, so I'll try another way. Never giving up means you're always alive. You're always in the game. You're always working towards something. But that really has to come back to the very first part of our conversation, which is my mother didn't give up. And if she'd have given up, I, I wouldn't be here. And how can I possibly give up with how hard she fought to survive and, and to see me? And this is the journey. This is our journey. This is life and life is a journey. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, sir, for joining me today. I had really a very great conversation with you. I learned a lot and it's a big pleasure for me. So I want you to uh, tell our community the last word. What can you say to us today? Oh, the last word. Wow, I'm speechless. We've talked a lot of words. I don't know. I would just say, I would say, um, you know, to me, it's so much about my faith. And I, I know this isn't really part of our conversation, but facing anything insurmountable, trust him, F-A-I-T-H. And wherever that puts you, you know, there, there are there's so much positive energy. There's so much, to me, it's, it's my, my Christian beliefs and my faith, but wherever you are, just have, have faith. You're not alone. You are enough and find joy in your journey. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your words. Again, it's a big pleasure for us to have you. You can check uh, our guest on social media. He posts uh, on Instagram, some of his uh, writing, some of his um, inspirational words, so you can check them. I always do, and they bring me joy, and they bring me a lot of motivation, really, without uh, exaggerating. So that's it. Thank you so much for joining us today. I had a very fun and inspirational conversation today, really.